Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like Felicity Ward delving into a patty and bun burger. This podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguinintheroom for more info. This week, I, of course, had the marvellous comedian Felicity Ward. We chatted comedy, trying to be a vegetarian but failing, and boiling your own urine. Hmm, enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. She's here. My special guest, Felicity Ward. Hello. I'm very good. I introduced you as you were drinking. Do you want to say that again? Yeah, hi. There we go. Dulcet tones. Now that my throat is aptly lubricated. I did not mean to make this sexual from the beginning. I'm sorry. It's fine. I, this, this show tends to start off sexually. I'm I don't sorry. know what it is. It's the super malt environment at Hoxton Radio. It probably is. My vitamins are set right off at the moment. <laughs> I've got to be honest. The bright orange is a very inspiringly sexual colour, I feel. Yeah, sure. You know, Towie. Um, they have sex all the time. Do they? Yeah. I've never watched it. Oh. I, I, um, I, don't, I have a TV, but I don't have a license, so it's lots of, um, lots of like, uh, I don't even know what... If, do you ever turn it on illegally? I'm going to be honest. <sighs> I watched Wimbledon on an illegal How site. How could you? Once. Well, that's, that's Just on one time. Just once. Did you watch the whole game, though? Because that's like several hours yeah. <laughs> of illegal had, TV. Yeah, it was heaps. It, I really got my money's worth, which is <laughs> nothing. Don't tell the TV license people. Yeah. Um, I've got a license next time. No Just come over. Okay. Just come over to mine next time. It's fine. Um, now, what have you been up to this week? Um, what have I been up to this week? Oh, goodness. Um, I... Uh, I can't even think. That, that, that noise was so exciting. You've been, it, it, the, the Hoxton Radio was thrilled to find out what you've been up to it this was. week. I, had, I went to a wedding. I went to, oh. a, went to a good wedding on Sunday. A very good wedding. You know how everyone goes, I just wanted it really simple. And then you walk in, you're like, you spent £80,000 on this yeah. simplicity. It was actually an easy wedding. I never felt stressed out. It's really good. And it was very, very I mean, obviously, it's it very Australian. They got married outside. They're not Australians, but they got married um, <laughs> outside, and that is a very Australian thing to do. And then we went down to a tavern when they had some drinks, and then in the next room was, like, this old, converted, nice room. I, I don't know anything about <laughs> architecture. Terms, so yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't give you a period, but it was uh, old. Great. They had, they had pictures of... Beams. Uh, Wooden beams? There wasn't wooden beams. It wasn't like oh, medieval. It was closer. It was down on the water. Um, I don't know if Is that this narrows in it. England? In England, yeah, okay. in London. Just so I can picture. Yeah. Okay. Greenery. It's a beautiful day. It's 24 degrees. Let me paint the picture. Okay. I look incredible, obviously. Uh, <laughs> what colour are you in? I'm in cream with golden blue and beige threaded Mm. Okay. It, and actually, you weren't wearing white. No, is what it, I was worried about it had initially. Some white in there, but it wasn't white. It okay. did have tassels. Weirdly, oh, really unusual for me. Perfect it, for a wedding. Perfect for a wedding. Obviously, nothing says <laughs> I support you like a cowboy finish. And um, uh, and I met this girl straight away, and we just hit it off. And then once the ceremony had finished, we went and picked up the baby's breath off the ground and stuck it in our hair because we just thought it was a waste. So we looked very ethereal for the rest of the day. Is that a flower, baby's yeah. breath? Yeah. Yes. We just walk around. <laughs> I was like, I, th- I think it is, but just I'm not up on my horticulture. under some stranger's children. <laughs> and then I just washed it through my hair. Yeah, and I looked very ethereal. I, I wondered if it was sort of maybe an Australian custom. 
of baby's pic- breath. Baby's breath, yeah. It's good luck for uh, a strong marriage, baby's breath. And also, you have excellent hair. So, oh, thank you. you know, nice, curly, good volume. Do you Maybe wanna... it's all the baby's breath. It probably is. <laughs> what are you wanting your hair with, <laughs> baby's breath? Um, that's disgusting. I'm arresting you. Uh, do you want to know a boring fact about my hair? Yes. I had dead straight hair till I was 22. What happened? I mean, if people can't see Felicity, we will take a photo and tweet it. It's You've so probably curly. seen her already, but it's very curly. It's, it's very curlier than mine. Yeah, it's if you uh, like, if you just Google image search, <laughs> don't put like that annoying. Uh, oh, I was going to swear then. Baby's breath. Oh, hair. Just put baby's breath hair. Felicity Ward into Google, and you should see. Come straight up. Yeah. I I don't know. I I, I cut it all off when I was like seventeen, and well, um, like shaved your head. Or not? Did you have a Britney moment? I didn't. Ha- no, I had. A, well, I was. I was doing a play, and it was just. I was playing a man. It was really important for me okay. to be in Gary yeah, Do, you okay. know, because I went to performing arts school. Yeah. And so I cut all my hair off, and it also it was the late nineties, and that was a super cool thing to do. <laughs> so, um, I, it was like boy short. It wasn't shaved, but it was boy yeah, short, yeah, like pixie cut. Yeah, but not even uh, actually. It was to my shoulders, and it was blonde, and so I just cut all the blonde off with a pair of scissors at my friend's house. So it wasn't really, it wasn't pixie cut at all. It was like, oh, she's just got out of a camp that she's been at for a long time, and um, uh, so it grew back with like a little bit of a wave, but not curly by any stretch of the imagination. And then I, when I washed it, I would always put it in a ponytail. And then when I was twenty-two, one day I didn't put it in a ponytail, and it went so curly. And I thought, this is a trick. And then when people, like, because I used to be an actor, they have on the forms, you know, what kind of hair is do you have? I'm like, I don't know. In a ponytail, straight. Very straight in a ponytail. <laughs> Out, boof head, mate. What is this? Uh, this? I mean, it genuinely sounds like you've made it up, but you, you told it with you, conviction, so You I wouldn't it. make up something that boring. <laughs> I mean, you probably wouldn't tell it on radio either, but here we are. <laughs> here we go. Well, we'll be chatting more with Felicity Ward um, about her hair, probably. I've got a lot more hair stories if you need them. I'm <laughs> Excellent. here. Excellent. And the world of comedy after a bit of this. Baines Plus One. Yeah. Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and the multi-award winning comedian from the telly, Felicity Ward. Rarely from the telly. <laughs> Did you okay. like that introduction? Occasionally from the telly. Has been on the telly. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, so have some criminals. <laughs> yes, true, mm. but they weren't paid. <laughs> so that's a divider. That's true. <laughs> but you can shout about that. What I did was legal. There you go. Unlike the TV license. So uh, we, it's time for the quick fire round. Felicity Ward, have you been in a quick fire situation previously? Only talking to people in interviews. So I've. The, yeah, I've had quick fire oh. rounds before. I'm not particularly good at them, but every do, time I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm really bad at these. <laughs> do, you've had a quick fire round in an interview. Yeah. Were you the interviewee? Or, yeah. 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 Did you have to be quick? People love a quick fire round. Wow. I didn't know this was an interview technique. Yeah. Is it to see how you cope under pressure? Yeah. It's one of those, oh, yeah, we can all slowly think of something funny, but can you think of something <laughs> funny fast? And let me tell you, the answer is no. <laughs> Panel show trainer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So this is not panel show trainer. This is just for silly funness. So, uh, Felicity Ward. Yes. It's your quick fire round. Tea or coffee? Uh, tea. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Sketch or stand-up? Oh, tricky. Earlier sketch and now stand-up. No, you have to pick one. Oh, no, but pick I hate stand-up. Stand-up, stand-up. Stand Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Australia or UK? Mm flip-flops or thongs thongs 
car or train? Train. Edinburgh or Adelaide Fringe? Edinburgh. Pen or pencil? Um, ooh, pen. Half empty or half full? Half full. Tim Tams or penguins? Tim Tams. They're great. TV or radio? TV. How could you say that? Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ketchup in Sorry. the cupboard or in the fridge? Oh, I'm the cupboard, but my boyfriend is the fridge. I mean, we're getting a divorce, obviously. Oh, my God, we're going to talk about that. Okay, kangaroos or koalas? Ooh, kangaroos. Adventurous or cautious? Um, I'd love to Creaky tell you. Creaky door in the background. <laughs> Are you adventurous? <laughs> Let's say adventurous, just to make myself sound interesting. <laughs> Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Oh, oh, bickies. Pokemon Go or Pokemon No? Mm, I'm happy for people, other people, to do Pokemon Go, but for me it is no. It's a quick fire round. You passed. Thank you. What happens if you don't pass? <laughs> you are ejected from your seat and through you, the ceiling. You have to do 10 super malt shots. <laughs> yeah, in a wave of super malt. Yeah. Um, now, we must discuss the ketchup dilemma. Oh, my God. I have a very similar thing with my husband. So where do you put ketchup? I just, My whole life we've kept jam in the cupboard we've kept Vegemite in the cupboard we've kept tomato sauce in the cupboard and he is obsessed with putting everything in the fridge this is a chilly country I have exactly the same situation so my husband wants it in the fridge and I'm like no it's now I disagree with you there on jam I feel like jam needs a fridge because it moulds Sure. Whereas ketchup has so many chemicals in it. It's fun. It never goes It moldy. barely has a vegetable in it. <laughs> the use of the word tomato is very loose. Also, I think it's strange to have it cold with a hot thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it wastes space in the fridge. There's lots of cupboard oh, space. See, this is the biggest okay. issue. It's not just even in the fridge. It's where in the fridge. So he likes to put it in the, the, in the shelf above oh. the vegetable drawer. I'm like, it goes in the door. It's like, why are you blocking up all the door space with... So it's just in the shelf. It's just in the shelf. And it's blocking the light. I know, and he's very tall, so he can, you know, he can see whatever he likes. I'm a little, little lady, so I need a lot of space. I need things that are tall and skinny to go in the goddamn door. Yeah. And also, it all needs to be packed neatly so you can get a yes. view of everything that's there, so you can consider your I th- dinner. I think most of our issues have actually happened in the kitchen. We have very different ways of running a kitchen. <laughs> Especially when I cook. He has a very different way of running my kitchen. Oh. Yeah. What's your... I mean, one of the questions is what makes you angry? I think we're already on to this. We're already on to this. Um, what, what is your big bugbear when you're cooking? What does he do that really annoys you? Once? Okay. Let, and let me prefix this by saying my first job and first three years was working in a kitchen. I was a dish pig and then I was cold larder and then I was a sous chef. So you know and short order cook. I wasn't great, but I know what to start. At one point, we were cooking. I was cooking, and he said, do you know the water's boiling? On the, on the stove. And I turned around and I said, you have to go and sit in the lounge room because I cannot be reasonable. I can't answer that reasonably. I need you to go away. I also like that you call it the lounge room. Oh, yeah. What do you call it? You call it the lounge, don't Just, you? Yeah. The lounge. I like that you added the extra word. Well, because we don't call it a sofa or a couch, we call it the lounge. So you sit on the lounge, and the oh. lounge is in the lounge room. And bedroom, that makes sense. Yeah, bedroom, Toilet lounge room. room. Yeah, mm. kitchen room. <laughs> Food room. Kitchen room. Dining room, though? Yes. Yeah. We could go on. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Living room, play room. Isn't this interesting? What are the rooms? I feel are like, they? no, you've got something there. Yeah. Lounge room. Yeah, yeah. There's... So we'd call it a sofa room. 
Yeah. And that would make everyone more confused. Yeah, so for real. Um, so you used to be a sous chef. Yeah, I mean, at like little delicatessens and like little bistros. In it's quite exciting. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was really fun. We're doing a poll today. Last week we asked how big are your nipples, small mm. or large, and it was overwhelmingly small. So this week, uh, do do you want to answer? I wasn't <laughs> going to ask you, but you fit, you look like you want to. So so people would say that theirs were overwhelmingly small, like that was the majority. Yeah, uh, but that's like saying, can we swear here? Let's just, just use. I'll just anatomical yeah. language. Yeah, that's like saying, let's do a poll. Do you have a big or a small penis? People aren't going to run call and say small. It's it's tiny. No, but some people like a large nipple. Yeah, but it, as a as a woman, I don't think you go, hey guys, they're massive. <laughs> I've got the a boobs. big old nipple. Nope, it's mostly nip, <laughs> mostly areola. Well, it's a poll, you know. Mm. I feel like the Twitter population are very honest. Okay, actually, that's, <laughs> no. that is factual. That they are honest. I did a right. uh, yes, I did a documentary a couple of years ago about mental illness, and there is a, a, a organisation called the Black Dog Institute in Australia, mm-hmm. and they um, they said that people are over that are usually majority are honest with their feelings on Twitter, and what they were doing is they were um, gauging people's feelings and emotions around the country based on their Twitter feeds of like what kind of language they were using, whether it was positive, whether it was disappointed language, whether it was sad language, whether it was inspired. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's not funny, but it, it made me feel very dumb while I was there. It, it, it makes me feel quite silly for doing a nipple poll when oh. people are like judging Mate, their, I'm right on it with you. <laughs> I am country's here. reaction. Well, anyway, this week we're doing Can You Cope Without Meat? Because I am a pescatarian as sure. of two weeks ago. Okay. You know Can that you cope without meat? Fish is still a meat, though. No. no. Okay, babe. <laughs> it's a it's a fish. All right, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I mean, I used to have bacon every day. I can't cope without fish as Good well. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a go. Yeah. I did have two chicken wings last Friday, but that was it. That's that's not pescatarian then. <laughs> you do that. But that, you can't, I said this earlier, you can't go cold turkey. Hey, hey, hey. But, but genuinely, you can't. Really I can't hard. just shut it off. I, I want to be a vegetarian so badly, like ethically and morally. I am so committed to the concept of vegetarianism. But God damn it if I don't love a burger. Like <laughs> no one loves a burger like I love a burger. Oh, my God. Even just thinking... I had one yesterday. I took a friend to... There's a place in London. In London. Burgers. No, no, no. That does the best burger I've ever okay. eaten in my life. What's it called? It's... Are we, I, don't, I don't know the... Yeah, we can... It's called Caddy can, and Bun. It's near Bond Street. Oh, hello. We it's, can promote brands. We just won't swear. Yeah, it's the, it's the best burger I've ever had. There we go. And that is uh, from someone who is a burger connoisseur <laughs> from the land of people that whinge about food over here. There is the best that I've ever had just there. It's incredible. You should put that on Twitter and they'll like send you loads of burgers. Oh my God, that's such a great idea. <laughs> they'll be like, can Maybe we I can sponsor be, I'll you? be an ambassador. I know that's not very vegetarian of me, but delicious. But we, we, Well, I'll just come and I'll be like, I couldn't possibly eat this. Chicken I'll, wings? They do have chicken there though. They, okay. You could have a chicken. Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not meant to be eating chicken. It was just that they were going to waste. Well, they might have a... <laughs> what? In the chicken shop? <laughs> on my husband's plate. <laughs> 
<laughs> he wasn't that he hadn't finished. <laughs> we Anyways, have, we have that too. Vegetarian. Do you? I because I eat about seventy five percent of most of my meals, and then my fiance just sits there and waits. And I'm like, you can have that now. He's like, oh, thanks. That's how our relationship works. Oh no, I have quite a competitive um, eating thing. Brothers whereas, and sisters. Yes. How many? Just one. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. But my family, it was like eat it or it's gone so um so with my husband he eats more he has a large appetite but i will not let him (laughs) give me a smaller portion and i will eat till the end i feel like i have to match him and that is why i am now on a diet yeah Um, i used to be like that with my drinking (laughs) i've been sober for 10 years now i will match you (laughs) yeah it was always like oh yeah you think i'm a little girl well i can match you drink for drink it's like yeah you're you're weighing in the gutter, though, aren't you, mate? <laughs> I'm just like, I could match you burger for burger. <laughs> um, let's have a little bit of sweet dreams are made of this burger. Yeah, sure. We'll just insert the word in there. <laughs> and, uh, sweet burgers are made of this. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, we'll be back. You get to interview me, Felicity oh, Ward. Great. And we're going to do interview proper. Okay. Because this has just been lighthearted. Okay. It's going to get intense. Okay. Plus one. Felicity Ward is here. Dana. <laughs> I'm glad you joined in with the tune. <laughs> I was lucky I was listening. <laughs> Dana, da. Dana. Now, Felicity Ward, my plus one. Yes. You can interview me in the section. You're in charge. Okay. Ask me anything you like. Okay. Did you go to a state school? Yeah, well, it was a grammar school. Ah, so that they're, they're so you state didn't schools, pay. but yes. you take a test to get in. Yes. I went to one of those. So you're a smarty farty. All girls. Oh, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. uh. I went all girls. All girls. And how is your relationship with men? (laughs) (laughs) Distorted because I was separated from them for six years. Anyway, I obviously have my issues with that. Um, What did you do for your A-levels? Oh, okay. I did. (laughs) have to go that far back. Gosh. Um, Drama. Obviously. Art. English and classics. So very heavy on the maths and science then. Yeah, because this is the thing. So my show is about science. And oh. um, and the premise of the show is that when I was at school, I loved the arts and I loved the sciences. But I was, like, discouraged from doing the sciences. Because of the size of your nipples? <laughs> because they were like, your nipples are too big. Yeah. Um, and you have a tall essence. That's <laughs> what my maths teacher said. We were talking about that off air. No, but... Um, I know people kind of said well you can't do the arts and the sciences like it doesn't go and you should pick drama because you're more likely to get better marks that is what oh, the teacher God. said to me well, so, I think um, so I picked all the Englishy ones Einstein would say something very different about that he was very pro-arts and yes. creativity I think they do go together and, and they require fantastical thinking and and also loads of other women were discouraged by the sciences. Oh. This is in my show. Ob- obviously. It's quite feminist. <laughs> um, but yes. It's the I- suffragette scientists. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. I should get a little sash. Now, I don't understand science very well. Uh, okay. So I got uh, recommended a book called Seven Brief Lessons in Physics. Okay. And it's only 70 pages long and it's only about as wide as your thumbnail. So it's an easy read in concept. But then you read it and the concepts are so well explained and so mind-blowing that every five pages I just had to put the book down and stare into the abyss for a while and go, what do you mean? People age differently at, at different latitudes. That doesn't make any sense. It, was, it is really mind-blowing. I've done three open university courses for this show. Oh, wow. And read loads of books. And uh, so right, many stuff times. stuff going on, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've read so many times. I have. I've had to read it like several times what to do you even mean? try and understand the concept of it. That photons are light packets. Small light is small packets. What? What? Ah! Ah! <laughs> and when you look at like the speed of light and like Brian Cox in his recent program, he got in a plane and they um they beat the rotation of the earth so they saw two sunrises no 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 (laughs) no no anyway so you love science okay yeah all right um uh you've said that you have one sibling yes um let me ask you something interest and more interesting or try to anyway uh, could okay. I try to? It could be extraordinarily boring. Okay. Um, uh, what is the band that changed your life when you were growing up? Oh my gosh! What was the album that you listened to, or the song that you listened to that made you think that there was a different way to be? Oh, the Spice Girls. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. But no. <laughs> <laughs> the first single I bought was the Venga Boys. You know, mm. the Venga Bus. Bacon buses back in town yeah. and Billy Piper. That's so it was it was a but, dense um, musical upbringing for you then. No. Very complex. No, but Spice Girls. I was like, wow, so cool. I want to be a Spice Girl and you know, girl power. Have you seen? There is a comedian called Nish Kumar that does a very very funny bit on Spice Girls. Oh no, oh, I've not seen his. It is hilarious, damning, and accurate. Oh no! Will I feel bad about my change my life Spice Girls moment for a moment? <laughs> no, no, it was the nineties. It was a different time. We didn't know what was going on. Which one did you want to be? Um, I think it was between Ginger and Scary. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that were the two. I didn't want to be Baby because no, who wanted to be Baby? Wimpy. Too wimp. That's exactly right. You just wanted to shake her and be like, "Come on!" Yeah, this is not girl power. This is <laughs> use. This is acting dumb and coy to get what you want, and that doesn't work. Stop plaiting your hair and putting blue eyeshadow on. Yeah, grow up. Stop um, wearing platform <laughs> shoes and a very short dress that maybe I can see a giant. Maybe actually, girl power. Wear what you want. Yeah, exactly. And you know, blue eyeshadow is really cool. I'm did wearing you, green today. Did you stay on pop music your whole life? Is that where you stayed? I don't know. Well, when I was growing up, my parents played a lot of, like, my dad loves, like, rock. Yeah. So we listened to a lot of, like, um, Meatloaf. Right. And Pink Floyd. Of and course. stuff like that. Um, and then my parents played a lot of sort of, I know a lot of old songs that other people my age don't Me know. Me too. Basically. Like The Monkees and... I can't even think of bands. I can just think of song lyrics. But, you know, it's sort of an I've seen The Who twice. (laughs) So I know what you're you're talking about. Yeah, so I I kind of like um, nostalgic Mm -hmm. music. But, yeah, I love 80s music and I love 80s power ballads. Yeah. Like, when I'm at home. But you're a human being, so obviously. (laughs) When when I got married on our wedding night. Hit me. never said this before on the radio. On our wedding night, um, we had drunk quite a lot. And we went back to our hotel. Hotel room, yeah, and we wanted the party to continue, so we put on Spotify in our hotel room, and I put on an '80s power ballad. I can't even remember which one, but it was about love, obviously. <laughs> and I serenaded my new husband, holding my bouquet, which was in a water jug to keep it fresh. So I was cradling a the water relationship jug. and the flowers. <laughs> I was cradling a water jug, singing at him an '80s power ballad. That's correct. While he was just drunk. on the bed I don't see what the problem is there I think that's the only thing that would strengthen a marriage the wedding that we went to on Sunday their first dance was to Boston's More Than a Feeling 
Oh, wow. Yeah. We played Sign Sealed Delivered as we walked out. Yeah, that's cute. But that's delivered. a massive tune too. Yeah. That's a massive tune. Like I get the joke as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you. Do you, because it's like comedy, I don't know if you... Oh, no, I haven't heard yeah. of that before. It's, um... If you've seen my shows, I definitely haven't heard of comedy before. <laughs> but we need to talk about your shows. Do you have one... Sorry, you're interviewing me. Do you have one you. more question? Do you have one more question? Okay, one more question. Um... Where is the most interesting place that you visited and why? Whoa. These are not comedy questions, but I want to get into your soul. The most interesting place I've visited. Yeah. Have you gone somewhere with an expectation or no expectation but still felt changed, different, inspired once Yes. Left? So I also have anxiety. And you went to Hull. Which we're going to talk about. No. no. I went to Thailand mm. and I got a tattoo in a bar mm. to help with my anxiety right. that was my idea I was like if I get a tattoo in a bar which is quite a reckless and dangerous thing to do then I'll be cured so it didn't work but it felt good your degree as a doctor <laughs> is, is that worked or no it was it, no it was fun I was literally like within arm's reach of the bar mm. with people drinking cocktails as I was getting a tattoo done by bamboo uh, is this early 2000s no, this is... Oh, your eyes tell me very not, recent. Not very long ago. It was How in... Long, maybe like three years It ago. was in Thailand. Yeah. So is it an animal or a symbol that you got? No. No. Is it a word? Yeah. Great. It's obviously something spiritual. <laughs> um, okay. Can I guess what the word is? You've Can talked you? about this... You've got 44 the, seconds 44 seconds. Guess. Does it say trust? No. Does it say surrender? Mm-mm. Does it say... Um, You're on the sort of... Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> uh, does it say serenity? No. Uh, hope? Think of more of like an action that you would do if you, were, if you were calming yourself. <laughs> Breathe? Yes. yes! Yes, mate! Yes! Beans plus one. Oh, thanks, Oasis. Felicity Ward, did you like a bit of that? Yeah. A bit of chilled out oasis. Mm. Mm. Which takes us nicely into interview proper. Yeah, I'll put on my sexual voice. Yeah. Shall we talk like we're on Radio 4? I, is that how they speak? Yes. I Felicity don't. Ward. Yes. Shall I speak how in did my you... most... I, I can I can do this thing where it's, it's like an acting trick. I'm sure you know this one. To do okay. an accent, you put a pen in between your teeth. No, I do not know. I yes. was not taught this at the drama school. Well, you put a pen in between your teeth. So because Australians don't open their mouths very wide. Oh, shivers. <laughs> I, I mean, my knee just hit the microphone. That gives you an indication of how bad my posture is. Um, uh, because we don't open our mouth when we speak, we have naturally lazy shaped. Oh. Like we, we become naturally lazy with our muscles. You have a flat palate. Yes. So to speak with an English accent, what they do is they tell you to put a, a pen between your teeth. That's very good. That helps you speak more She's clearly. got a pen between her teeth right now. This is me speaking with a pen between my teeth. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine it's quite lovely to listen to. But anyway. It does actually sound quite good. That's I wouldn't bad. know if I was just listening. I wouldn't know you had a pen in your mouth. So we are on BBC4 and... <laughs> Uh, we all speak. <laughs> that, no, I mean, we're absolutely not. We're on Hoxton Radio. Hoxton Radio. And with we're pens in our mouths. Pens in our mouths. And speaking to Felicity Ward about the art of bumhole jokes. Felicity, <laughs> how does the bumhole exploration help 
Uh, I can't finish that. Sentence. Are there pens involved? Are there? No. Um, oh, uh, come on, Samantha, <laughs> clear it up. I recently worked with Dane Baptiste on his new show, Sunny Day, oh. which is coming out uh, at the end of the year, I think, now yes. on BBC Three. And uh, he he did a little uh, bottle in the mouth trick to help his enunciation. Oh, really? Mm. Is he a bit flat palate as well? Is he? <laughs> He's very flat palate. No, but you know his stand-up thing is kind of uh, you know very laid back. And I'm just going to tell you all this cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we just uh, got to bring the intention up. forward, Dane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What you've got to do, Dane. Oh, he'll hate me now. Um, <laughs> so I'm letting you into all the secrets. Oh. So, Felicity, I'm trying to interview you proper. Okay. And you've taken me off well. on a pen tangent. So how did you get into comedy? Uh, into, into through stationery? <laughs> mostly through stationery, yeah. through pens. Um, I, well, What happened? Okay. What's the story? Here's, okay, I'll tell you the story. I've told the story before. It's, mm. So apologies if anyone has heard it before. I always wanted to be an actor. I had no interest in comedy. I'd never done comedy. And then I did a play. Someone in that play was directing the Sydney University Arts Review in 2004. And they said, "We would, uh, uh, would you be interested in auditioning? And I said, I don't go to university. And he said, we'll find a loophole. And so they did. And I auditioned and I got into the Arts Review. And the year before, there had been a show called um, The Third Degree, which was like a best of uni review, best of Sydney uni reviews. They were doing another one of those. So these two guys came to the Sydney Uni Arts Review and they wanted to use a couple of the sketches that I'd written. And then anyone who who was in a review could audition. And I got in. There was only six of us. And from Sydney, we went down to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. We did our show. And somehow there were some TV people in. Like it's, it's oh my goodness, one of those stories. Amazing. And about a month after the festival, they said uh, this television network said we want you to the two guys that came to the show to our show to the review. Uh, we want you to put together a team, a comedy team of like writers and performers, and we're just going to give you development money for two months. So for two months, five days a week, I went into a um, production company and we wrote we um, we made stupid sketches we met like the best people in the industry and comedy heroes and idols we flew down to Melbourne and met people Uh, and then at the end of it they said uh, if you were going to do a TV show what would you do so we had a pitch day and I nearly ruined it from the moment we sat down because I was drinking. Did you have the pen in your mouth? It was, it was worse than the pen, mate. They sat on one side of the room, we sat on the other. And we were like young and I was the eldest and I was 25 and there was six or seven of us. And so we sat on one side of the room, they sat on the other and I went, oh, this must be the generation gap. And like there was a second where no one laughed and then everyone laughed. I'm like, oh, I could have just blown a TV deal. That wasn't very accurate or good. Um, and then a, a month later they said, oh, we'll give you money for a pilot. We'd like to see what you make in a pilot. In two weeks we made a pilot. And then we handed in on the Friday and on the Monday they said, we want to give you six episodes of a TV show. And then they called back on the Tuesday and said, actually make it 13. So we did, and then we got, had two seasons of that sketch show. And I mean, it's, it, it is a dream. That um, is absolutely crazy. Like that it's never crazy, happens. Crazy. And I, but let me tell you, I'd been trying to be an actor since I was seven, never had a paid gig, never could get an agent. I could still couldn't get an agent after two TV series of a show that I wrote and directed. Not a big deal. Uh, not directed, performed in. Um, but then at the end of it, because there's no industry really for comedy in Australia, let alone for comedy acting, I didn't know what I was at the end, still didn't have an agent, so I became a tour manager for one of the characters that were on the show. He went out and did a tour, so I was the production manager, stage manager, tour manager for two years. 
And then um, I was also in the middle of a breakdown where I left my fiancé, stopped drinking and had to move back in with my mum. Sexy! And um, Lots going on. A lot going on. A lot of crying, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Crying in bathrooms. And then one day, I mean, this is, I told you, this is a long, boring story. I met I've just some- dragged in an extra bed so we can okay. finish it. Do we have to? Yeah, no, it's fine. Carry on. Oh. Yeah. This no, is it's a, interesting. It's I can't. This is like ridiculous, but amazing that this is your well. That was the into comedy part of it. journey. That was the sketch part of it. I'd never, di- I'd never done stand up, and promised I would never do stand up. And then I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in two thousand and six or two thousand and two thousand seven, um, two thousand seven, and met someone. We got into a long distance relationship. He came over to Australia. Um, he was in a play with Adam Hills, who I think you might know. Yeah. He hosts The Last Leg. Yeah. So we went to see Hillsy's show, went to a bar, had like a, a couple of drinks, and he Adam went to buy a round and said, what can I get you? And I said, "Just I'll just get a Coke. And he goes, oh, don't you drink? And I said, no. And he said, if you can be half of this funny, I will get you on my show. He had a show called Spicks and Specs, which was like, never mind the buzzcocks. He goes, because we don't have enough young women. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice thing to say. But it's Hillsy, so he's the nicest guy ever. Of course he's going to say that. <laughs> I got a call two weeks later from the talent producer saying, Adam Hills has recommended you. Would you be interested in coming on this panel show? Did that show five times that year. And then his wife said, I do a live show at Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's just a variety show. Do you want to come and do something one day? And I was like, sure. And I still hadn't performed for like two and a half years. And was going to do this, um, was going to do this trivia thing. Get someone out of the audience, and these toy tanks shot each other, um, and you got like an electric shock. Yeah. And then the tanks got stolen two days before the gig, so I had to do stand up because I didn't know what else to do. So my first gig was with Hilsey on the bill at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, a twelve-minute long set. My first Whoa. gig ever, and did it, and like within a minute, I went, "Oh, this is it." That's ridiculous. I'm going to... You are so lucky also that you just meet people and they're like, oh, I'll just put you on TV. Is that all right? It's I'll just crazy. call you tomorrow. But I, uh, I'm going to hang around with you now all the time. But know, <laughs> but know that I tried really hard for years yeah. in acting and couldn't get anything and it was I just changed tack accidentally. But do you, but do you think... Do you believe in sort of fate-like things? Do you think maybe you weren't ready earlier and then oh, yeah. that was your time? Yeah, and I mean, like, when we were making the sketch show, I was drinking a lot and I was not a great person. And so it was actually when I sort of stopped, when I stopped being so career-focused and, like, stopped trying to suffocate it, that good things just started to happen for me. So but you I'm also, needed to have that kind of break yeah, to then find, yeah. find your way. Just find my path, you know? Here... We're just finding our path. So how long have you been doing stand-up now since that first 12-minute gig? Eight years. Eight and a bit years. And multi-award winning. Yes. Loads of Edinburgh shows, Melbourne fringe shows. So many of all of those. That doesn't make you good, just by the way. Doing eight Edinburgh's does, or seven Edinburgh's does not make you a good comedian. It means you're experienced. Yes. So any, any tips for writing an hour? I mean, you wrote 12 minutes to begin with, so you're like, oh, I'm just five more of these. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, to think about it, yeah. I mean, if you go back to my first 12, I wouldn't use all of that again. But there <laughs> Do was... you still use any of those jokes from your first set? No, no. But there were some good ones on there. Like, I was surprised. And as time went on, I went, how come I can't write things as good as my first set? <laughs> 
But if uh, to write an hour, um, it's a, it's different every single year. Like this year came particularly late. I five days before my preview, I've had this big like spiritual attitude towards my writing. And I've been going, you know, it'll come when it's supposed to come, Felicity. It'll come when it's supposed to come. It'll come when it's supposed to come. And then six days before my preview, I had 40 minutes, 20 of it was good. And I'm like, this is crap. I've been I've been letting it go to the universe and it hasn't come. Where is it? And then the next day, I left my bag on a bus on my way to Liverpool. I left my bag on the bus in London. And the next 24 hours is my show. Like, you could not write what happened to me. You are in touch with the gods or something. Oh, mate. I mean, <laughs> my chakras are open. <laughs> you have a glowing aura. Thank you. And control <laughs> issues. So you can imagine how difficult this is for me. <laughs> Woo. Beans plus one. Yeah, you heard the newsy music. Time for the news on Baines Plus One. Felicity Ward, can we have the headlines, please? Yes, Samantha, a wee bit of cooking. Stoned sauce. Volunteer needed to give birth to Neanderthal. And boiling over the bowl. Those are the headlines. Do you like our newsy music? I like your newsy voice. Thanks. There's actually one more that I've missed. Okay. (laughs) In the doghouse, live. There we go. These are the headlines. Of course, we get all the best news for you here at Baines Plus One. A wee bit of cooking. Now, this was a strong smell caused by a man cooking his urine. Uh Uh-oh. And it prompted the evacuation of an entire block of flats in Massachusetts. Police were called when a building manager found a collection of laboratory-style glass containers full of strange liquids in an apartment. And they were investigating the smell after receiving numerous complaints of a pungent odour. Oh, obviously wasn't hydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, Wouldn't pass the Gatorade (laughs) test. No. They evacuated the whole block. Um, They originally thought it was like chemicals. And then they tested it and they found out it was just his urine. Toxoplasmosis, babe. He was trying to cook it. Well, look, perfume companies had to start somewhere. I think we're being a little bit naysayer to the inventive man in Massachusetts. What would it do? Do you think he was trying to boil away the impurities? But that's just all your urine is. I mean, by definition, it's only impurities. (laughs) Was he trying You're to drink a scientist? It? <laughs> I'm not. That's the point. I just like it. I'm just trying to find out about it. Maybe, maybe he drinks it. Some people drink it and they think it has medical goodness. Mm. Um, maybe he just wanted like a hot toddy, a urine hot oh, toddy. Yeah, just before bed. <laughs> just to help you drift off. You know. Oh. I think that's her, that's mildly horrific. Pretty bad. Anyway, he's stopped now. Because uh, <laughs> he's in jail. <laughs> if you're ever in your kitchen, you think, I know. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Stone sauce. Residents, this is great. And I've written my poem on this this week. So this is residents in a small town in Colorado. They've been warned, warned against drinking tap water because their supply was contaminated with THC. If you don't know what that is, that is the main psychoactive compound found in cannabis. And it's got got into the town's water supply. And the police force told people they mustn't drink the water. And they were handing out bottled water. (laughs) Because apparently it got into one of the wells 
they spike someone might have done it apparently spiked the the water in the well and uh, they were advising people not to drink it because you know side effects could include impaired coordination increased anxiety and heart rate possible psychotic symptoms and loss of short-term memory what they haven't done is said that they actually reported it to the wrong town because the police were also stoned <laughs> like oh man this isn't hugo uh we've eaten all the crisps um <laughs> So uh, the head of police, Captain Yowell, announced that the water was safe this Sunday, adding, I wouldn't be doing my job for my community if I just wrote this off. Important stuff. Yeah. Do you think people heard this and were like, quick? Yeah. (laughs) A lot of koalas moving to the area. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Like a hash brownie. Have you ever had a hash brownie? I have. And it was, I mean, this is, I, I wanted so badly to be good at, at taking pot that I tried any way that I could and I was bad at it. <laughs> the only time I had a hash brownie, I had, um, well, I've had, oh God, no, I've had two bad experiences. Oh gosh. One, I had a hash brownie at about three o'clock in the afternoon before I had, we have something called theatre sports in Australia, which is like improv, but it's like a, 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 a nationwide um, school inspired improv competition okay it sounded just like lots of dramatic people do sports day (laughs) well it is effectively but we had a a rehearsal that evening and i turned up so stoned that i remember rhyming peach with beach i'm like where's the nobel peace prize because i've just (laughs) i've just done something pretty extraordinary here no one was impressed they almost asked me to leave (laughs) i once had one but i didn't know i just thought it was brownie You know, when you're, like, young and you're, like, oh, like at a cool party with, like, older people. Oh, yeah, and you, you don't ask questions. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, everyone's eating that, I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, I, I mean, I had about half a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm so stoned and high. And then I just copied what all the other people were doing. Yeah, that's so the way. I don't think it really. There was one time that I had a hash biscuit at a folk festival. I was 18. I was by myself. And then I was going to meet my friends and went to meet them at this natural amphitheatre. And I was at the front row for the band that was on. I couldn't remember how to dance and was looking at my friends going, none of this seems right. So between me and the stage, there was a little hill. And I just went up the hill towards the stage, sat on it, facing the same way as the band, just looking at 10,000 people just having a dance. I'm like, yeah, this is a better seat. <laughs> yeah, man. This Groovy. is all for me. Groovy. Um, volunteer needed to give birth to Neanderthal. This is quite disturbing. Uh-oh. A leading geneticist. Oh, geneticist? Gen- genetist. Genetist. Close. Very close. It's, I don't know would if I've be ever said that word before. It'd be geneticist, wouldn't it? I, I feel like... Genetics? A leading man who does the genetics <laughs> is on the lookout for an adventurous female human, <laughs> just in case animals apply. I'm listening. A volunteer to give birth to a genetically modified Neanderthal. I'm not listening. In the name of science. I feel quite alarmed. So his name is George Church, and he is Harvard Medical School. That must be a good one. That's a bummer of a name for a scientist, George Church. <laughs> I know. And uh, he he believes that he can bring back the extinct human species with the power of DNA cloning technology. So his experiment that he's planned involves implanting a genetically reconstructed Neanderthal embryo into the womb of a human woman mm-hmm. using DNA. Mm-hmm. that he's collected from historical bone fragments. And then the baby Neanderthal, you know, the woman would give birth to it and then they'd study the Neanderthal 
to see if it can help us fight disease in the future. What do you reck, Felicity Ward? Look, I wasn't sold on Dolly the sheep, so I'm <laughs> certainly not interested in bringing... Would you give birth to a Neanderthal baby? I mean, I might anyway, without <laughs> DNA. Just come out with a... With just dragging a stick. <laughs> I think this is... I just... What's the point? I'm quite alarmed by it. Also, I feel like the woman would f- have some feel ownership of the baby. Even if it's a Neanderthal and then wouldn't want the scientists to kind of do experiments on it. And and also it would be like a living creature. And then they just experiment on it, which seems horrible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah, well, that's what people are saying. Yeah. Um, But he said it's technically not illegal because it's illegal to clone a human and and Neanderthal is not technically a human. Um, Come on, mate. I can't imagine... Because there's obviously surrogate mums, isn't there, for people who can't... But that's very I th- different. I actually think that there'd be loads of people that would audition. Is that what they do? <laughs> like um, the X Factor. Yeah. Hello, um, I'd like to give birth to a Neanderthal mother and I think the reason would be is that I have hips that really move far apart when I get pregnant. So I think I'd be an adequate candidate. Thank you. <laughs> Can you stand on the X, please? Yeah. <laughs> Say that to camera. Sorry, If you sorry. could cry a little bit in the second half of that. Um, I just, I think I'd be a really good candidate because my mum died when I was really do, do, young do, do, do. and I want to do this for my grandmother do, do, and do, do, do. also for my grandfather. I'm actually from a really well-adjusted family with do, no tragedy, do, do, do. but the producers said that I needed to do, come up with a backstory, otherwise I couldn't get through. I'm just really sad about that. We've come up with a great TV format. Boiling over the bowl. Oh, this is some of the lot stories of this week. I'm business. sorry. It's normally animal-based. Are you trying to impress me? Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Police in St. Petersburg were investing a blocked toilet, well, the plumber was originally, uh. in a block of flats, and they found a collection of partly flushed body parts. Come on, mate. So this is a 64-year-old flat owner explained to the police that his alcoholic flatmates annoyed him so much with their partying that he gruesomely murdered them. He was inspired by horror movies. He killed the couple he shared the flat with before boiling their heads on the gas cooker. There's a lot of cooking. In a communal kitchen. And then he disposed the bodies by flushing them down the toilet. I mean, this this is... That's... Horrific. That smacks of not enough education, doesn't it? Also, like, watch horror movies properly and you will know that you just need to buy a tub of acid. Yeah, no, well, Breaking Bad. Yeah. We all know. They've, and then they've taught us a don't lot. Don't flush it. See, I, when I was a teenager and I first became a woman, I was deeply embarrassed <laughs> by, okay, yeah. you know, you know. Mm. I, I got my period. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Because I did. About that. I still. I mean, I still get it to this day. Do you? Yeah. I don't. Don't want to brag. But okay. I'm going okay. <laughs> and um, I was so deeply embarrassed and in denial about uh, moving forward as a woman that I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my sister. And I didn't know what you did with the different bits and pieces. Is the end of this story going to end up that you murdered your flatmates and flushed them down the toilet? No, okay, I murdered good. my mother and I flushed her down the toilet. <laughs> no, I tried to, yeah, I you tried to flush, flush a sanitary oh, napkin. A, a pad. Yeah, because I yeah. didn't know. Did it block the loo? No, it didn't even it didn't even flush though. But I did, I put as I put the toilet down after I flush, I walked out and then Mum saw it. Oh. I know. And then she went into my sister and went, "Do you have your period at the moment?" She said, "No." And she's like, "Sounds like someone needs a little <laughs> chat." It's like, yeah, well, maybe this chat should have come about five years ago when I wasn't. <laughs> so I'm not flushing a sanitary napkin down the toilet. 
oh well at least you didn't block it because then it would have been really bad and then a plumber would have oh, come and then gosh. had to get it all out and then be like mm, this is the culprit I was very embarrassed about all of that stuff and just yesterday in the in the middle of a public place uh, my bag spilled over and a panty liner popped down and, uh, and unused and out of my bag and I just popped it back in and I didn't feel embarrassed I'm like you've come a long way babe <laughs> My husband always tells me off because there's just tampons everywhere around the house. Not used. Yeah. But because um, they roll around. I've got more. We recently bought a house and went to Ikea and bought all this furniture. And now there's just those tiny little wooden dowlings and tampons <laughs> everywhere. That's fine. <laughs> Don't mix them up. My boyfriend gets angry at me for leaving paper everywhere. <laughs> I get angry at him for leaving towels. <sighs> the post shower towel. Wet on the bed. Wet on the bed, wet on the banister, wet on the door, wet on the chair. Wet, just towels. All Where over should the house. you leave it? On the towel rail? Yeah, well, just go back and use the towel that you used yesterday or the day before that so you have two towels on the go, not seven. We look like we have really non-threatening ghosts all over the house. <laughs> what colour are your towels? White? Some of them are white, some of them are blue. Oh, but I've been introduced to the bath sheet. I'm a tiny person. Yes. I've never needed a bath sheet before. He's quite tall. What a treat. Mm. I've got my own little fortress every time I get dry. We've gone for beige towels. In the doghouse live, (laughs) a man spent 48 hours living as a dog to raise money for homeless pets. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. How do people come up with these ideas? So he lived in a kennel as a dog. He broadcasted it live to the world. He set up a camera on his kennel, streamed it 48 hours on Facebook Live. Um, a viewer donated $10 and Rob would give him a doggy shout out I don't know what that means if they donated $25 he got a head scratch from a colleague gross and uh, for $50 he would receive a treat ominous during his time in the kennel Rob, Undescribed. <laughs> Rob succeeded in hitting his £10,000 fundraising target and even had time to paint a portrait of fellow dog Lenny who really is a dog well he wasn't now, really acting like a dog well then, exactly was he? he must not have done that during the time because dogs can't paint famously news flash dogs don't have an opposable thumb um, he authentically lived as a dog he says <laughs> apart from painting apart from his artworks for 48 hours aside from using a human toilet which he opted to use for the sake of decency and probably legality I think he chickened out if you're going to live as a dog for 48 hours do it properly yeah that's right <laughs> I'm with you mate <laughs> That's the news. <laughs> kind the, of. The important news. Baines Plus One. It's time for Poem on the Week with Baines Plus One, with me, Samantha Baines, and... Me, Felicity Ward. Very good. So, now smooth if I need to. You're so smooth. Thank you. Curly hair. Smooth voices. <laughs> Oxton Radio. <laughs> That's a good show title. Curly hair, smooth voice. Now, it's time for Poem of the Week. You've written two. Yep, I just punched out two then. Do you want to go first? I'll do my haiku first. Okay. And then you do yours, and then I'll do my limerick. I'll be in a Felicity Ward poetry sandwich. Exactly. Okay, off you go. This is my haiku. Does people. it have a title? No. Okay. I mean, it's mostly just about burgers. Okay. Because we both would like to be vegetarians, yeah. but we haven't been able to commit. I have 
just yeah. apart from the chicken wings. Yeah, but you've only committed to pescatarianism. That is not <laughs> vegetarian. Yeah, but all you've done is cut out red meat. Okay. That's not. It's not a vegetarian or a pescatarian. <laughs> you did bad, mate. You've done real bad. I feel really bad about it. And a haiku for those that don't know is five syllables, <laughs> then seven syllables, then five syllables. We didn't Google that. Nope, not at all. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Burgers haunt my dreams. Vegetarianism. An unreached nightmare. Vegetarianism poem from Felicity Ward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was it was a quite emotional one. Thank you. Shall I do mine? If you could. Mine is a rhyming poem that I wrote on the way here. It's about the um, the weed in Colorado. It's called High Time. Oh, uh, I get it. In Colorado. Here we go. <laughs> You've heard of a hash brownie. To get you high if you're having a downy. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, who knew hash water was a thing? If you'd like some, give the residents of Colorado a ring. Their well was contaminated with marijuana. Well, well. Time for drinkies. Do you wanna? Yep, apparently people still use wells. They're not just in films with spells or for finding lost children with a hero dog or for falling down in a creepy fog. A well is the original water supply, so is exactly where you'd go to get your town high. But the police in Hugo, Colorado, cottoned on. They said drinking the water would be wrong. It's not a time for free thrills. Don't drink this water with pills. Apparently the side effects could be rather scary, like a psychotic episode of Little House on the Prairie. All I'd say is grab something you can munch. This could happen in London. I've got a hunch. That's my poem. It's pretty great. I mean, your meter is appalling. It is all over the shop. Yeah, there's um, there's no sort of regulation on syllables, but I feel like the rhymes are strong. Strong rhymes. It's got seven likes on WordPress, just oh, saying. Oh, okay. Someone's so. doing all right. Okay. All right. Bragging. But no. All right. This is Bring my, it on. This is my limerick. Okay. Oh, there is some very... I'm really bending the the uh, pronunciation of a word to make this limerick work. Excellent. Just to let you know. Okay. Um, I once knew a girl called Sam. She stopped eating chicken and ham. She stuck with the fish because it's too delish to eat veggies all of the time. Yeah. Beans plus one. Felicity Ward was very much enjoying the Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I love a bit of Stevie. You had your arms in the air. I saw him a couple of years ago. Did you? So Where? Good. At Glastonbury? At Bestival. Uh-huh. So Sigur Ross was on before them, uh, before him and it was like spiritual experience. I was crying, the sun was going down and we're all a bit, how is 70-year-old Stevie going to hold up for that hour and a half set that... Sigaros has just destroyed. And for two hours back to back, you're like, how are there more hits? So many hits. So good. So good at performing. The, the greatest bit was, though, when he just bust out into a bit of Christianity and watching, you know, 10, 20,000 British people go, we don't really talk about religion in public over here. Ah, ah. But it's Stevie and I don't want to be impolite. <laughs> I went to Citadel. A couple of weeks ago. Did you awesome. see Sigaros? Yeah, but um, as a headline act, I Very feel like it was quite chilled. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with a one day festival yeah. where the most of the music is sort of on at the end of the day. Because mm. it was like everything was leading up to that moment. And then obviously it's like, duh. Yeah. Duh. And, and yeah, it's kind of difficult yeah, to dance. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Porcelain day. And it's amazing, like, if you're lying in, like, the sunshine or, like, your house in the dark. But um, it was just very weird to be in a, a sort of park full of people just standing it's still. It's a dry park, too. It's a very yeah. desert park. It's not, like, lush green. You would put Sigaros headlining at a beanbag festival. Yeah. Like, imagine watching Sigaros in a beanbag under the stars. Mm. Yes, please. Just with a little bit of candlelight or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. A red wine. Just, a, sure. Coke for you. Yep. <laughs> An elderflower press, eh? Oh, hello. Hello. Um, yeah, so it's quite intense. Yeah. There we go. There's, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a delight. I'll do it as many times it's as you want. Great, which is do it every week. <laughs> well, I'll just Never ask come you back the here, same please. question. Thank you. <laughs> if you write me poems again, you can definitely come back. I will write poems. That's what I was, wanted to be when I was younger, a poet. That's, that's where my writing came from. So good. I have so many poems. I, I publish poems on my blog. Oh, I don't write them anymore. Oh, but when I was... You I re- should still write them. I remember using the word... Uh, Melancholy when I was eight. Mum's like, mm, this is alarm bells. <laughs> She's a poet. Yeah. Uh oh. She's a depressive or a poet. Surprise, I'm both. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, joke's on you. You should totally get back into poetry. I love it. I do I try and do a silly one every week for the show and I put them on my blog. And I was even thinking about like printing them in a book <gasps> and like bringing it to Edinburgh. Well, I was in a band, so I moved from poetry oh. to lyrics. Okay. So I still write lyrics, I still write songs. Oh, good. I could only sing in a comedy way. Oh, I can sing in an okay way. I can sing in a. I can sing better than I can play guitar way. Okay, great. Yeah, I can do an impression of um, Julie Andrews as a robot. Oh, can you do I that? I can't right do now? that on the radio. Why not? Because you can't see the robot bit. Oh, right. It's not in the voice then. No, it's a lot. The, of... well, the Julie Andrews is in the voice, and the robot is in the movement. Can you put a little bit of robot into the voice as well? I don't know. Should I give it a go? Yeah, give it a go. Okay. Oh God. I believe in you. I'm here for you. I support whatever creative choices you make. There is no such thing as a bad idea. Okay. There is. Raindrops on roses. Correct. And whiskers on kittens. There you go. Yep. Very good. Very good. <laughs> That's your next show. How long? Good. Because th- it's very daunting that I might have to do this again. <laughs> so you're going to be at the Edinburgh French. Yes. From next Wednesday. <laughs> Horrific. And you're going to be in the Pleasance as well. Yes. So we can see each other's shows for free. At 9pm. 9pm, Pleasance Above. Mm-hmm. 50% More Likely to Die. Is the name of the show. Yeah. Because I'm an uplifting lady. <laughs> what can we expect? Well, the show, in t- I, when I started writing the show, it was all going to be mental health statistics. And then about six weeks ago, I left a bag on a bus. And now the show is about <laughs> a lady with control issues who leaves a bag on the bus. With some mental health statistics? With some mental health statistics in it. Well, actually, your producer who's sitting in the room saw the show last night. Oh, are there she's, good statistics? She's shaking her head furiously. <laughs> Why like, is she making the cut me. it out? No, What are you doing? Why is she sticking her fingers down her throat? That's awful. I saw an excellent photo of you on Instagram in some great tie-dye and you promised that you were going to wear that in Edinburgh. That's the the outfit. That's the outfit for the show. So if you weren't tempted, you are now. Oh, boy. And you're also doing a tour. I am. I'm touring this show. Um, (gasps) It's my first UK tour. Yeah, I can't believe it. So I look forward to six to seven people turning up, um, which I will be very grateful about. Uh, And I am touring to, I have a list of it here, Exeter, Leicester, Norwich, Huddersfield, Harrogate, Bath, 
Brighton, Barnsley, Oxford, Maidenhead, Wolverhampton, Southend, Newbury, Lincoln, Stockton, Derby, Farnham, Leamington Spa, Glasgow and Salford, which means I'm going to lose money in so many places. <laughs> That's a lot of places. That's yeah, but seven people in all those places would ap- actually add up to quite a lot. It'll probably be about one Edinburgh show. <laughs> Yay! No, I'm sure it will sell out everywhere. She's a very funny comedian. Do check her out. You can go to her website, felicityward.com, for more information and presumably ticket details and things when yes. they come out. Most of the, t- I've, I think I've got most of those listed. Um, Salford and Glasgow have just been added recently, so the the In links demand. aren't the the links aren't added. Well, I think I asked for those. <laughs> I'm like, I'd really like to do a Manchester gig. <laughs> like, I don't know, we could probably shoehorn one in Salford. I'm like, cool. So first of all, come to Edinburgh, buy tickets and see her, and then go back to your hometown and then see her there. Correct. Bring all your friends. Bring any friends that you have. Felicity Ward, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yay! Um, I won't be back next week because I'm at the end of a fringe for a month. Ugh. Oh, But continue listening to Hoxton Radio because obviously it's awesome. And I'll be back in September with more brilliant guests and ridiculous poems. Bye. Baines Plus One. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, originally recorded on Hoxton Radio. Please do share our lovely podcast via social media at Samantha Baines B-A-I-N-E-S you can find me on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines same spelling and please do subscribe and give us a cheeky five star review I'll be having a month off because I'm off to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I'm performing in my show One Woman A Dwarf Planet and Two Cocks at 3.30 every day at the Pleasance Courtyard from the 3rd to the 29th of August not the 6th because on the 6th, I'll be presenting the Saturday Breakfast Show on BBC Radio London from 7am. So definitely tune into that. But we'll be back in September with more brilliant guests. Don't forget you can listen back to all the previous episodes of the podcast via iTunes or SoundCloud. See you soon.